You're listening to a Bespoken Media production. It's coming back to why are we doing this? You know, we're doing this for, for, you know, we are protecting, we are safeguarding children. We're not doing it as a, a tick box to say we've got a filter or whatever it happens to be. We're doing this to ultimately to safeguard a child. Welcome to this edition of the Interface podcast. This time, a focus on newly introduced standards for schools in England on filtering and monitoring. Yep, it's worried some and baffled others, but it's not as complicated as you might think. This is Gareth Court, here with Jess McBeth. Hi, Jess. Hello, 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 hello. We are both online safety consultants, and the Interface podcast is made by the Southwest Grid for Learning, part of the UK Safer Internet Centre. If you're a teacher or educator, we are here to help you support the children and young people around you. So you can play a part in keeping them safe, confident and happy in all that they do online. My name's Graham Lowe. I'm the Safeguarding Lead Consultant for Southwest Grid for Learning. Prior to joining the grid last year, I worked in a local authority for uh, best part of 20 years um, as a safeguarding advisor. So online safety being the, the primary part of that, and particularly in terms of today, then um, the, the filtering and monitoring aspects required of schools. Graham, hello. How are you? Hi, Jess. Yeah, I'm okay. I'm doing okay. Good, good. You are here today to talk about filtering and monitoring, right? The most amazing topic. It's uh, it's certainly a topic of... Um, topic of interest. Yeah, definitely. Im- importance. Yeah. We thought, importance. I thought, let's start with a simple question. What is it? Like, what is filtering and monitoring for any newbies out there? Can you explain? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's a great question. It's a really important question. So often filtering and monitoring get mentioned in the same breath, um, but they are two separate things. They are related, but they're separate. So filtering being, um, for example, if a child requests access to a website, the filtering will look at that request and decide whether that request should be allowed. Uh, monitoring is slightly different. Monitoring is more proactive and real time where it is looking at what's happening on the school network. So things like keystrokes and discussions and chats and things like that. And why is it topical? Like, why is, like, we've got tech systems to do this stuff, right? So yeah. why, why are we needing to talk about it? I think it's it's primarily because at the moment it's we've got new Keeping Children Safe in Education statutory guidance. Um, so that's referenced in their own filter and monitoring requirements. And then back in at the end of March this year, we did have some four standards released. And those four standards around filtering and monitoring and things that schools need to be able to do. Right, take us through the four standards. Come on, Graham. <laughs> number one. From the top, number one, exactly. <laughs> so four standards. So yes, we've got, um, we need to identify roles and responsibilities. So who in school is going to pick up on the filtering and monitoring? Again, we've got to look at this in a safeguarding context. So this, the responsibility has got to sit with the DSL in school. The second standard, we need to review filtering and monitoring provision at least annually. Uh, and that's a really important one. When it says at least, we need to be doing that at least if there is a an incident or there is something there is a change in technology or addition in technology we then need to go back and review that again so so that again that is a really important one who's responsible for that one that will be in terms of the assigning roles and responsibilities then that is around the governance of the school and slt in terms of reviewing the filtering and monitoring that is under the direction of the designated safeguarding lead it's not something we will expect a dsl to do by themselves they need to involve technical staff in there they need to involve other staff in there but again it has to be done 
as a group. Typically, we'll say it, it's done as an online safety group. Um, but yeah, it needs to be drawing on that expertise from across the board. So technical staff need to be involved. Safeguarding staff need to be involved. Um, but it's a really important one. We need to make sure that's done annually. But also when there is a change in technology or something changes or there's been an incident, how do we know whether our, our systems are effective? If I pick up on the third one, so filtering systems need to block harmful and inappropriate content without unreasonably impacting teaching and learning. I would suggest probably out of the four standards, this is probably the most tricky one. Um, so we need to be careful. And this is not a new thing. This is this has come up over 10 years ago in terms of managing systems, um, but making sure that it blocks the inappropriate content, but it doesn't unreasonably impact the teaching and the learning. And that's why I say I think there's a balance to be struck on this. So um, so that again, that's a, that's an important one, but that needs that needs a little more thought put into it as to what is appropriate. And Graham, obviously we're, we're already throwing around these words of appropriate and inappropriate appropriate in in the context of this one what kind of things constitute inappropriate so inappropriate content there'll be a there'll be a variety of different things it may be adult content is the one we tend to think of so things like pornography um but it also might be um extreme extreme content and I'm, i don't mean things in terms of radicalization extremism i'm talking about extreme points of view that that uh what we what we often term as lawful but awful so extreme points of view, and certainly in terms of things like influencers, that, that probably gives us a bit of a better picture where that might be coming from. Um, in terms of other content, certainly illegal content, um, that will that will be around things like the uh, the CTIRU list. So just to explain that, that's a counter-terrorism internet referral unit list. So that is a police assess list that we know is um, uh, illegal terrorist content online and also the RWF uh, CSAM list which is Internet Watch Foundation and the child sexual abuse material those are the those are the two core ones that, that need to be blocked. So Graham you mentioned that obviously the need to do filtering and monitoring isn't new right obviously we've got these, these standards now which are quite specific. Hold on Jesse hasn't told us the fourth one yet. Oh, <laughs> oh man. So the, yeah so the fourth one the fourth <laughs> one kind of links in with links it across all the other ones Um, so that one is around monitoring strategies that meet safeguarding needs and that again that goes back to that original point we said this this is around safeguarding so it's not necessarily about the technology it's about how does the technology support our safeguarding needs. Perfect. Thank you, Graham. Sorry, Jess. I, I was really excited no, no. to hear the fourth You're... one. That was one. <laughs> You're obviously listening very carefully there. <laughs> I wasn't quite. I'm paying attention. <laughs> if the requirement's been there for a long time, then why why the focus on it now? So what what's going wrong? I think it's it's again to underline this point of this is around safeguarding. So yes, we're talking about technical systems, but it's how they support the safeguarding. And I, I guess that's why we've seen over recent years, particularly the statutory guidance, um, there's been an increase in element of online safety within that. And as part of that, filtering and monitoring sits within that online safety. I think one of the one of the issues that we often come across on quite regularly is with the filtering almost a set and forget attitude. And that's a real concern. And that's been going on for quite a long time. And I think that's where the standards start to come into this is these systems need to be managed. It's not a case of we've got filtering, we don't need to worry anymore. We need to actively manage these systems. So I think that's where the four standards are a real benefit to this. And it, it highlights this point that we, we always say it, um, no filtering system is 100% effective. And the role of the filtering system is to mitigate opportunities. How effective are they? In the main, I think they're 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 really useful. They're really good. Um, I think it's the point of how they're deployed. 
and that's often what we tend to miss. So we've got the technology, but the technology on its own isn't a solution. And, and that, that's a really key point. You know, often these, these systems are marketed as solutions, but they're not a solution. They're part of that solution. They need to sit alongside things like the people. Uh, so those that are involved in that, that system and the processes, what happens if something goes wrong? What are the processes that sit alongside that? So I think that's where the four standards really start to bring this to the fore now. Um, so it isn't a new issue, but I think it's the rigour that, that, that the four standards start to apply to this. And that's probably what's got a few concerns going now. I think it, it highlights what you know what we've been talking about in online safety for a long time now, doesn't it? Is that is that technological strategies are are part of a wider solution, but they're only part of it. And as you said, you can't you can't just put these things in place and tick the box and say job done. Yeah. Nothing to worry about at all again. Um as we know, you know, the online landscape is fast changing. Yeah. Things things come in, new words and phrases come into use, new types of content are obviously produced yeah. and, and obviously these systems have to have to be flexible enough to sort of keep up to date with that but human beings kind of have to manage that absolutely i think and and again this is something that comes back to uh Ofsted, you know all, all that time ago back um probably 10 12 years ago and what they the the report that they mentioned at the time is it's far more effective when schools have managed systems and lockdown systems and the children are more resilient so and that that was you know that was over 10 years ago it's still a really important point if we lock and block everything it's that third standard then it's are we over blocking are we impacting unreasonably on teaching and learning so these are managed systems and that 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 might be different things for different people but certainly within schools there may be things like differentiated filtering so we might have a different level of filtering for key stage three than we do for key stage four than we do for staff than we do for visitors so it's it's managing those systems rather than you know we've got this particular provider they've put it in and now we don't need to worry about it anymore yeah it's a good point the, the example i often use when i'm talking to staff about about that age differentiated one particularly in the secondary school is this whole idea that say at, at key stage four or at sixth form if you had um social science qualifications so things like um psychology sociology obviously as part of that there's going to be the need to search for mental health conditions and other kind of things that would normally be flagged up yeah. by the filtering. But obviously those students would need to access it as part of their studies and their learning. So that there needs to be some kind of scope to cater for that, really. And I think I think sometimes that's where filtering systems will, will pick up on what we say false positives. So we're researching things like uh, Childline, you know, how we can gain support as, as a child. And the filtering system may well pick that up with the right intention to say actually this is child line is that is that is that child at risk so it's picking it up but it's it's taking that safeguarding approach that we mentioned before it's looking at this as a whole and that's why it's really important when these systems are set up that the reports being fed through to the to the dsl the dsl will see a much bigger picture than the the technician will do so it's, it's a really key point that one i think that is a really a really important point and i i've seen that as well there's a whole thing isn't there in terms of who's providing the system and the relationship between the school and the provider, so whether that's a whether that's a technology provider, whether it's a local authority, whoever it is, mm-hmm. and a sense that sometimes that decision making, which is a that is a risk assessment process, right? Isn't it? You know, yeah, something yeah. is flagged, and the person has to look at that and make a decision as to whether they think that that's something that needs acted upon, or it's a bit of nonsense, or whatever. And who's making that decision and what our reliance is upon them and what guidance, what processes that they're following and how keyed in they are to 
child protection safeguarding processes, yeah. how much they might know about that child or not know. Yeah. There can be a disconnect between the school's understanding of what's happening in that child's life and what's happening in their online life because the school has got no view of that at all. They're not seeing that at all. To me, that's really, really key and quite an area of risk and potentially seen as a technology decision that it's almost it goes to some tech person to yay or nay something is have you seen that it's a really important yeah it's a really good point that one what i would probably add as well is um looking at this and turning filtering systems on the head slightly sometimes knowing the fact that filtering systems will pick up access or that monitoring systems will record access and prevent access sometimes knowing that that's in place is almost a cry for help oh that's an interesting so that that child that child is going through all sorts of problems at home um they're not sure who to turn to but they know if they search for certain things it will get picked up and questions may well be asked in school so that's why i say we just need to step back and look at this from a safeguarding point of view rather than a purely technical point of view so obviously we've been talking about students but but of course all of these things apply to to all the staff working in school as well and visitors Mm -hmm. and governors who may you know come into the school onto school sites and things like that as well so 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 what do the school staff need to know about this from their perspective as professionals yeah i think particularly in terms of monitoring so if we just look at monitoring for a second Everybody, all stakeholders, so everybody, staff, pupils, visitors, all all those stakeholders all need to know that activity is monitored. And that's a really clear one. So, and again, there's two elements to, to the sort of monitoring side as well. So, yes, it will pick things up, but it's also a deterrent as well, particularly for, for uh, children and young people. Knowing that what they're doing online, what they're doing on those school systems is monitored is a deterrent to, you know, to encourage more positive behaviour. Um, in terms of staff, yes, the same the same sorts of things apply um, in a slightly different way, maybe. But again, understanding what they're accessing and how they're accessing it. And again, within school owned devices, which is what we keep going back to, it's making sure that 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 activity is appropriate and it is it's understandable from the school's perspective. So if something does come up, there's a, a reasonable expectation there as that is OK or no, that's not OK. And this is where it ties back to things like staff codes of conduct as well. Whilst we're thinking about policy, I guess the other aspect is what you were saying earlier about what what is harmful or inappropriate content and having that conversation at school about what we think it is and then checking that with your provider is is what they're using. Are their definitions, do they align with us? And then maybe checking with parents as well. So yeah, <laughs> there's a whole a area here, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. That's, <laughs> that's a great one, I think. And, it, and it's a really crucial one. Again, I think it is that this isn't, you know, we're not going to filter our way out of problems. We, we we know that. We need to take that partnership approach. So if this is what how we're approaching it in schools, parents, parents and carers need to understand that and vice versa. You know, so what is appropriate behaviour? We always say around online safety, online safety is not about, it's not about the technology. It's about how the technology is used. So it's about the behaviour. If we look at it in, in terms of categorization, and this is where it relates back to the differentiated filtering. So a website, so the filter will categorize that particular website and assign it to a, a particular category. At that point, it's not done anything else. Where it makes the difference in terms of the filtering is the policy that is then applied. So if that is adult material or it's classed as pornography, the filtering will then block that category of pornography. If it is something like sex education, then if it is applied to that and sex education may be allowed at, for example, key stage three, but it's not allowed at key stage two, for example, you know, those, those sorts of things, that is how it's applied. So this is where we get back to your filtering and monitoring approach 
and differentiated filtering for different ages. And again, that might be informed by, by risk profiles. We talk a lot about risk profiles in schools. So particularly in terms of things like the prevent duty and extremism and so on. But again, if we've got um, some particular concerns, we'll be focusing on those and we may put a more restrictive policy in, in place temporarily. So again, it's, it's all about risk profile. What about content that isn't captured? Because they won't, they can't see everything. These systems can they? They can't assess everything. No, no, absolutely. Yeah, and I, I think that that's another again a really good point is these systems will uh, categorize on the fly. So, so as something is tried to access, it's not been pre pre categorized. It will assess that. Sometimes the artificial intelligence, and I know artificial intelligence is a hot topic, but um, the artificial intelligence involved will then review that site. It will put it where it thinks it should be in whatever category it should be, or it might, I'm not too sure about this, I'm going to send it for human moderation. And that's a really important point because I think sometimes we have that view maybe that um, there is somebody sat at the end of this deciding which websites are allowed or not, and it's not. This is this is machine learning, this is artificial intelligence. So, so And that's why we always say they're not 100% effective because they will make mistakes, we know that. So so obviously we've talked about the, the, the situation and the statutory requirements in in England, but obviously for the for the other three UK nations, Wales, Northern Ireland, and Scotland, where where do they have to sit on this, or where should they sit on this? Yeah, it's a it's a good one, and it does come up. It comes up a lot. I think the way I tend to look at it, particularly in terms of a safeguarding, given my background from safeguarding, is I'm looking at this in terms of best practice rather than what the policy says. I think, in fairness, the the DFE through the statutory guidance, keeping children safe in education, and the four standards, that is good guidance. That good good practice guidance. So whether we've got uh, locally devolved policies or not, as the case may be, um, I still think we come back to this point of this is safeguarding. Why wouldn't we do these things? I totally, I'm with you on that. I think if you're providing a school environment and providing technology or access to the internet, you want to know that what you're providing is as safe as it can be and as appropriate as yeah. you know. Again, it is coming back to why are we doing this? You know, we're doing this for, for you know, we are protecting, we are safeguarding children. We're not doing it as a, a tick box to say we've got a filter or whatever it happens to be. We're doing this to ultimately to safeguard a child. And that's, that's how I always tend to come back to that, is what I'm doing. How does that make a difference to that child? And certainly when we start to look at going beyond the school environment, so school-owned devices, but outside of the school environment, that is a really, really important one. So when we give devices to pupils and students for them to take home, they need to be filtered as well. This is Interface, a podcast for educators about digital and online life from the Southwest Grid for Learning, one third of the UK Safer Internet Centre. We're going to be back with Graham in just a moment to focus on practical steps that schools and teachers can take in this area. The Interface podcast is all about keeping children, young people and education communities safe, happy and confident in everything relating to technology and online life. And the other thing to know is that SWGFL, the people behind Interface, have a whole host of support, tools and resources. We also have a number of helplines available. One of these is POSH, the Professionals Online Safety Helpline, which is open to any educators and professionals who need support with an online safety issue. Give us a call. Thanks, Jess. And not only that, schools and other organisations can download the Report Harmful Content button to add to their website to support any user over the age of 13 in reporting anything they experience online that they find harmful or worrying. Also, take a look at our 360-degree safe tools. These tools support a comprehensive, whole-school approach to online safety. There's also Project Evolve, 
an educational toolkit to support digital competency in children and young people. There is a lot available and it's free. Free is always good. And you're right, Jess, it is a lot. And I appreciate it's a lot for you to take in listening like this. So don't worry if you've been scrabbling around for a pen or you're not sure where the pause or rewind buttons are. You can find all of this information online at swgfl.org.uk. And you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram with the handle at swgfl underscore official. Also, we've put all the links you need in the show notes for the Interface series that you'll find in your podcast player. Thanks for sticking with us. This is Jess Macbeth with Gareth Court. We are online safety consultants with SWGFL. Back now to our conversation with lead consultant on safeguarding, Graham Lowe. Graham, on to practical steps schools and teachers can take. Okay, that's a, it's a great one. So I think, again, looking at, we're leaving, leaving the standards behind slightly, I think in terms of uh, day-to-day activity. Um, and probably a, a good point to introduce the point of over-reliance on filtering. So with filtering, yes, they will. it will uh, assess request, access requests. But again, it's not just the whole, that's not the whole part of it. We need to look at how we're doing this in terms of classroom practice. Uh, probably quite a useful anecdote around this, and, and it helps to underline this point is, um, for example, in a Key Stage 2 class, and we're, we are going to research today class. We're going to look at uh, Victorians in Queen Victoria. Is this an actual thing that's happened? Yes, it did. Yes, it's happened. Yeah, oh, okay. It is, yes. Fabulous. Um, right. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's probably <laughs> one of the more repeatable ones I can mention. But um, but yeah, so so as a class, we've got sat down, we've gone with Key Stage 2, uh, Year 5, Year 6 class, and uh, we're going to research. We're going to do Victorians this term. So um, I want you to all go away and use uh, Google. And I want you to come back and I want you to search for um, images and information about Queen Victoria's husband. So all the children go away and they type in and they find out that it's Prince Albert and they put it in Google Images to try and get pictures of what Prince Albert looked like. Mm. Unfortunately, lots of the images are not necessarily Prince Albert, but of things like piercings and things like that. So, yes, it is a slightly tongue-in-cheek one. It does happen uh, and it has happened. Um, but this is underlining that point. We can't over-rely on the technology. You know, things will find the way through. So it needs to be a combination of, yes, using the systems and the filtering technologies in place, but that needs to work with effective classroom practice as well. Is that just a situation where the teacher should have done that search online on the school system in advance? Is that? It's part (laughs) of that. I think, you know, it's thinking beyond that. But I think the point with that one is, is that over-reliance on the technology, you know, it's a safety net. They're not safety nets. Mm. You know, things will get through. We've just got to think about it in terms of minimising risk. And I know we talk about risk assessments and risk profiles, but how can we minimise the opportunities that this is going to happen? So if we ask children to go and search on Google Images for Prince Albert, that should be flagging up as actually we might not get the returns that we want. Mm. I got stung by that years ago when I was still a primary school teacher. So oh, going, it's all coming out now. Yeah, that, this is a disclosure <laughs> now. Um, going back about like 15, yeah, at least 15 years. And I was in a school that had three layers of filtering going on. So this just shows how, how you know, it's not infallible because it had, it had the local authority filtering. It had the filtering provided by the tech company that set up a, a fairly new network in the school. And it had safe search on Google applied. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the children wanted to type in. In fact, we're doing, we're doing it on the board, so it was even worse. So all the children saw it. Oh, we, we was, we, no, it was, it was something really <laughs> innocent. We were talking about France. It was a French lesson. We typed the word France into Google, went to images, and one of the first images that came up, you know, despite all these three layers in place, was a picture of some bare ladies' bottoms with the letters of France spelt out across those, you know, sort of painted onto them. Yeah. You know, not 
nothing too dissimilar. You find like a postcard if you went if you went to France and to went to the seaside or whatever. I'm not sure what kind of postcards that you're posting back to. <laughs> yeah. I'll send you one gum. in a bit. Yes, don't worry. Uh, <laughs> next, next, next. Oh no way! Look out for that one. Um, but it does show you know as Graham was saying, you can't have this over reliance because there were three things in place, and granted that was like over 15 years ago, and things have things have advanced since then. But it it highlights the point, doesn't it? You know, yeah. you can have everything in place and still something will slip through the net. So you have to you yeah. have to think about it in other terms as well. Yeah. I think that's that's a great point as well, Gareth. I think the that they are a system. These filtering systems are a lot better than they used to be. I know going back, like you say, fifteen years, and we'd often get things like overblocking, where certain words I won't explain the words, but certain words had swear words within them, and therefore because it was picking up on those that series of letters, you know, things like uh, Sussex, for example, because sex was in the initially we used to see those sorts of things were blocked and there are more extreme examples arsenal yeah another one and i won't mention some other ones but (laughs) yes so so they're a lot better than they used to be but again these are not perfect systems and and we need to think of this in terms of uh, day-to-day practice and as you say uh, i think that that pre-thought that pre-checking you know if i put this in uh, am i right and that's where things such as uh, swiggle come in so Swiggle as a Southwest Grid product is really good for for a younger a younger age group, and it is very much um, a custom Google search. It is fantastic; it's a fantastic resource. But again, that is if you like the safe search, but the safe search and then some. So it's a, a really useful child friendly search engine. So practical practical tips then. So you're in school and you're thinking, hmm, maybe I need to be thinking about this. What what are some quick things that we can we can do? Yeah. So, so I guess things like that sort of taking the other side of what we've just been talking around, you know, we, we don't want them to be accessing potentially inappropriate content, but actually we don't want them want to be sending them to things that are overblocked. So again, just making sure that if we're running a lesson on whatever particular topic it is, that the children can actually access the information that we want or thinking about things in terms of rather than asking them to, to go out and use a search engine, actually giving them direct URLs for those websites. So again, it's just thinking that little bit further ahead. I think the big point around this is around is around the education obviously you know coming coming from the grid we're, we're all about the education so uh, we need to make sure we understand what the, the the pupils and the children understand what the purpose of filtering actually is you know and this is part of a broader discussion that, that we talk about with things like project evolve where it's it's about building digital resilience you know and going back to that original offset report that we've talked about you know the most resilient pupils weren't the ones with lockdown man, uh, systems they're the one with managed systems i think it's a fair you know, a reasonable thing to, to build into education as well, really, isn't it? Because if you think about these children, when they get out the other side into the world of work, yes. every single workplace that you're going to ever go to is going to have mm-hmm. some kind of system in place to monitor you or to filter things. If nothing else, just make sure you stay working rather than getting distracted on, you know, social media and stuff. Yeah. But I think it's a reasonable thing, isn't it? It's part of their yeah. their lives. And it's that's a really good point, Gareth, as well. I think that that point of it's avoiding distraction. You know, particularly with monitoring, it's monitoring what is going on or, or uh, the class teacher is monitoring what, what the children are doing in class. But actually, it's those distractions, keeping them on task, focusing on what, what they should be focusing on rather than being distracted by all sorts of different pop ups and things that maybe we don't want to use. And, and it's worth bearing that in mind is, is, you know, those adverts, those adverts are based on algorithms and those algorithms will look at, you know, what other interests we've shown on, on that particular browser. So, again, it's something again, this is not necessarily what filters will pick up on. It's about understanding that side of it, that there are distractions. And again, it's all part of that um, persuasive design discussion that, that I know we have all the time. And what about tools? If you're somebody who's responsible for the system or you're responsible for safeguarding overall, what kind of tools have we got? 
Yeah. So I think in terms of tools and practical aspects, then, yeah, going back to DSLs, yes, what we need to look at is how does it support safeguarding? From a practical point of view, have we got the processes set in place? Are we using tools such as the uh, 360 Safe? So 360 Safe is a, is a free to use tool, um, but it has dedicated sections on filtering and a dedicated section on monitoring as well. So, so two really important ones, and that that when we say 360 safe, that's for you to self-review. So you can self-review in school. Where do we think we are? And the the really great thing about 360 is it will give you suggestions on how you move up. So where do we hit? And we aim around baselines if you want to go for online safety marks. But it gives us some really practical suggestions. So some great stuff. I highly recommend looking at at 360 safe. Um, I think looking at it in terms of curriculum education as well. So definitely from curriculum, how are we addressing this? Why is the this inappropriate content online what are the motivations around that and as i say there's some great stuff within project evolve around that as well but understanding why this sort of content gets put on what is the role of influencers is a really good one so um and particularly in terms of outside of the school environment you know following certain uh celebrities online and the the particular viewpoints may be quite extreme as i'm sure everybody's seen in the news um understanding why they they push those viewpoints and, and what's in it for them what's the motivation behind it other things we look at is things like testing your internet filter so going nipping back to the four standards looking at when we're reviewing running testfiltering.com and again that's a free to use tool uh, you can test that on any system in school so when we need to do these annual reviews we can test it on any system in school whether there's a classroom system a staff system um, and what it does is it will go away and it will poll uh, certain lists so primarily the uh, counter-terrorism list and the internet watch foundation list and it will tell you whether it is blocking those obviously what we wouldn't recommend is trying to get to sites that we know there is content on there and just trying to see if it's blocked use testfiltering.com it is a really useful tool and it gives you a bit more than that as well it's not just about the illegal stuff it talks about profanity and things like that um, in terms of practical steps a really useful point with that is keep a record so when you've run that test and you get those responses coming back up what does that actually show you print that off do a print screen and save that that goes then in your evidence file Okay. And of course, we did some webinars, didn't we? So we'll pop the link to those in the show notes of people that are, are listening and actually thinking, do you know, I want to get a bit more to grips with this. You can come watch the videos. The webinars, yeah, they were a great one. I think that that demonstrates that uh, that demand as well. So, uh, and that's something we've looked at, you know, given the success of the webinars and the amount of people that we had on those, we've got clinics planned now that one of those will focus on filtering and monitoring. So again, there are lots of things in the pipeline around this, but it is around that going right back to the beginning. This is safeguarding. How do filters, how do monitors, how do support safeguarding? And those, those were great as well for generating questions, weren't they? Because we've also got frequent, frequently asked questions on that page too yeah. from schools. So, so if you've got questions that that this hasn't answered it's well worth having a look at that resource because it probably will answer one of yeah. those questions a, a great one that does come up time and time again is mobile devices so and um, that did come up as part of the webinar so how do we manage mobile device management so uh, and during the webinars we did talk around um issues around where, where children are particularly vulnerable particularly at risk filtering need filtering and monitoring need to be applied on those mobile devices so if the school issues a device and that child takes it home those devices still need to be monitored and we, we talked about um, uh, a particularly tragic case where, where something had happened around that as well so that, that's another one just to, in terms of practical steps we're reviewing and what are we doing is it effective how do we know it's effective and sort of leading into that is we've got a the checklist so we have a checklist on um on the website 
and that looks at the different parts of the the four standards and what it then looks at is a checklist to say how are we actually doing this how are we addressing this and it's a really great start so it just it starts us on that that road of you know some more practical steps how we start to address these what should teachers or staff do graham if they discover that that something is like slipping through the net if you like if the filters aren't picking things up or they're, they're worried about something what what action should they take it, it does happen so there will be well there's two parts to this there's the the stuff that happens in school so you know for example a child has tried to access something got something inappropriate on there that needs to then be raised as is a is it a safeguarding issue is it something you know whether it was that child purposely trying to access that is it does it give us cause for concern for and there'll be different ways of handling that you know if that is um some inappropriate maybe adult content that's one thing if that site is uh self-harm or self-injury um that will will trigger a different a different response and this is why it's really important we go back to the safeguarding bit you know if that if that child is trying to access self-harm material there's a safeguarding concern there um so there's that side of it there is also then uh talking with your provider so that provider if that is coming up and actually saying this site is coming through it doesn't seem to be picking it up it will be different on different systems. Some schools will have locally devolved control where they can add uh, local blocks on that or local allows. But actually, it's always worth having that really good relationship with your providers to say, well, actually, this particular site's coming up. We think it should be blocked and it's not being picked up. And they will add it to that global list. So it can actually help protect other children as well. So it's, it's, it's well worth yeah. reporting those yeah. things if they, if they yeah. do slip through. Yeah. Brilliant. Thank you. Well, that's it. Thanks so much, Graham. That has been, I think, hugely, hugely useful and important. Loads of, of practical tips there as well. And gosh, what a wealth of knowledge and experience you've got. So thanks so much for joining us on the podcast today. Oh, thank you, Jess. No, that's been, that's been really good. That's been really useful. I hope everybody's found something new out from uh, about filtering and monitoring. So you're more than welcome. I really hope this episode of Interface has been useful. Thank you so much for being with us. We've mentioned lots of really useful resources in this episode, talking about things such as the, the standards around filtering and monitoring, and also tools that you can use to, to review what you're doing and check that everything's working. And you'll find links to all of those in the show notes. Subscribe on your favourite podcast app so episodes are automatically downloaded to your device when they are released. And please do recommend us to a friend or fellow teacher who you think would enjoy this podcast. You can find us on social media at SWGFL underscore official on both X, aka Twitter, and Instagram. Interface is a podcast series from SWGFL, part of the UK's Safer Internet Centre. This is Gareth Court with Jess Macbeth. This episode was produced by Dave Howard with sound design by Joel Cox and original music from Alex Fraser. It's a bespoken media production. <laughs>